there and welcome to KDL Stump the Librarian podcast, where your friendly neighborhood librarians put their research skills to the test to answer questions from you, the listener, or your favorite Pokemon, um, you know, earthworms, your cousin who lives in Delaware, just really anyone who has a question. Um, I'm Courtney. I'm one of the librarians that um, these people who have asked questions are trying to stump. You can also ask us a question by going to kdl.org forward slash stump. I am joined by two lovely librarians. One is Emily. Hello. And the other is Miss Jill. Hello. Um, how's it going? What's new? What's happening? What book have you been reading recently? In the fall? Uh, so lately on my drive to work, I've been listening to the Midnight Library. Oh, that one was like really popular a few months ago. It was, so your yeah. Copy finally came. I know, in. I know, right? Exciting. Are you enjoying it so far? I'm only, you know, a little, a little ways in. I just started, but yeah, so far it's been it's good. Fantasy, right? Like whimsical, yeah, fantasy. All right, Jill, what are you reading? Okay, well, first, I just finished a fantastic book, but I'm not telling you about it because <gasps> I'm going to tell you about it later. Yeah, so stay tuned Ooh, for stay Jill's tuned. book review. Uh, but then, um, I am listening to the audiobook Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire with my family. All four of us are listening to it because... Even the muggle Mark? Even the muggle Mark. We convinced him that he should listen with us. And I love to hear his theories about <laughs> what might be going on. So oh, that's course. really fun. Well, that sounds like an interesting time. Has he listened to the first three? Yes. We okay, listened so to the first has. three, and now we are working on the fourth. What have you been reading, Courtney? Um, so I'm a big audiobook fan, and I have been listening to The Song of Achilles. Um, it's an adult novel, and it's about Achilles and his friend. Um, oh, gosh. I am not going to say his name correctly. Oh, my God. Patroclus. There we go. That's how you say it. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I got about halfway through this book, and I know it's super sad. Um, again, this is for adults, so if you're a kid, I would not suggest listening to this book. But it's, like, based on the Greek myth of Achilles. Um, and it, I just, it just started getting to the point where I knew it was going to get sad. And I don't know a lot of Greek mythology. Like, I had the book when I was a kid, you know, that yellow book called Greek Myths. But I don't really remember if I actually read any of the things in there. And my high school didn't have us read like the Iliad or anything like that. So I don't know what happens, but I know it's about to get sad. And so I've stopped listening, but now I feel like I have to finish the book because one of you will ask me next time, how'd that book Absolutely. end up? And I'll be like, oh, right. Sometimes it's nice to like book. stop and read like something like, like a J book. Yeah, or and that's something. when I started yeah. listening to Little Women. And that was like a nice break because – I know the sad things that happen in that, so like I'm prepared for that. Um, I did cry really hard when I watched the movie for the first time, and like the sad bit happened in Little Women. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll get brave and restart this book. But anyways, we've got some questions, and we do have some fantastic yes. questions this week. Let's start with a question from Matthew, age five, from Cascade. Matthew asks, "What is meowth? Meowth? Meowth?" Why can he talk, but not the other Pokemon? Um, so, great question, Matthew. Um, we, we love a good Pokemon question. Um, do you all remember, you know, like three, actually it's probably more than three years ago, four years ago when Pokemon Go like first came out, six years ago? Oh. No, because I, I wasn't living in Grand Rapids yet, so it was probably like five years ago. 
um, Pokemon Go came out and just suddenly everyone was out walking and coming to the libraries. I remember putting up signs that were like, because we had a, I worked at Cascade at the time and we had a uh, Pokestop there and a gym. And so people would come and we'd be like, we have water fountains and air conditioning. Come take a break from Pokemoning. And it was just like this phenomenon. And people still do it. I have a friend who has been doing it for a while. And I saw them a couple weekends ago. Um, and so I recently re-downloaded it. And luckily I was able to recover my game from like 2016 or 2017. And which is good because I have a Pikachu that's wearing a Santa hat and a birthday hat and a uh, sun hat. This makes me want to re-download it. I know. It's a fun game. But anyways, let's get to your question, Matthew. Um, For those of you who don't know what a Pokemon is, they're pocket monsters. Um, They're fictional creatures of all shapes and sizes that live in the wild or alongside humans. Um, Pokemon don't speak except to say their own names. And Pokemon are raised and commanded by their humans called trainers. Um, As they experience things, they grow and can use more skills that are unique to each Pokemon. And they can even evolve into other forms of Pokemon. So they have usually like three, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Yeah. Um, They have three three evolutions that they can go into. Um, Pokemon was created by a Japanese video game designer, Sutoshi Tujuri. Yes. Um, In 1995... Um, and again, you can play various Pokemon video games. You can collect Pokemon cards. One of my coworkers, um, Jake, at the Kentwood branch, he has a bunch of Pokemon cards that he collects. And he was talking about one the other day that was, like, holographic. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but maybe I'll ask him for a picture. There's also card games. You can watch Pokemon TV shows and movies. You can read Pokemon manga. Or you can even play the fun interactive game um, that I was just talking about, Pokemon Go. Um, so, if you noticed, I mentioned that Pokemon do not talk except to say their own names. And Matthew was wondering why Meowth talks when other Pokemon can't. Um, and our lovely producer, Jill, watched two whole episodes of Pokemon in order to fully answer this question. So, I'm going to share her answer with you. So, spoilers, if you have not watched Season 1 of Pokemon Episode 72, Go West Young Meowth. Um, this is a spoiler, so stop listening if you're planning on watching that episode. Um, Emily, how much do you know about Pokemon? Do you know what kind of Pokemon Meowth is? You know, I don't know a lot about Pokemon. I never had the cards or played the game or anything. The most I've done is had the game downloaded and done it that way. Yeah, I like for a hot second when I was like eight or nine, I think I tried to collect Pokemon cards because a lot of people I knew um we're collecting pokemon so i bet i have a meowth yes so there's meowth i have one it's cute it's cute he's got like whiskers growing out of his head um so if i had to describe meowth i would say he's like a cat um and in fact it's pokemon category in the pokedex is scratch cat um his special powers for battling are pickup and technician and don't ask us what those are because Matthew didn't ask about that. So we don't know about that. Um, if you'd like us to know, I'm just going to spin the Pokestops here. Uh, there are two at the Ada branch, which is where we are filming the podcast. Um, so if you come here, you can get your Pokeballs and all that fun stuff. 
get back to Matthew's question. In that episode, Pokemon Season 1, Episode 72, Meowth has a flashback to his time in Hollywood when he learned to talk. Um, and in case you didn't know, this particular Meowth, part of Team Rocket, is the only Meowth that can talk. Right. So what? I'll tell you why. Um, <laughs> if you find a Meowth in the wild, they can only say their name. A long time ago, Meowth was a sad and lonely Meowth living alone in Hollywood. He was trying to make it big there after viewing a movie called That Darn Meowth. So Meowth moves to Hollywood and finds a gang of street Meowths led by a Persian, which is a Meowth revolution, or evolution, sorry. Um, he learns to run quickly and steal food to stay alive. Then he sees the most beautiful Meowth he's ever seen in his life. Her name is Meowzy, and Meowth confessed his love to her. She rejected him, though. Ooh. saying that he was poor and she preferred humans. So Meowth used all of his powers to learn to walk like a human and talk like a human, and he worked for months to make Mousy love him. Did it work? I think work? it worked. Um, I've got concerns. No, it did not. Um, when Meowzy saw Meowth walking and talking like a human, she rejected him again, calling him a freak. You don't want to be with her anyways, Meowth. Like, that's a bad match. So heartbroken, Meowth remembered the first word he learned to speak, Rocket, and joined Team Rocket. Thankfully, Meowth had wonderful friends in James and Jesse of Team Rocket, and he realized how lucky he was to be a part of their team. So, I mean, things worked out for Meowth in the end, but to answer your question, to sum it up, Matthew, um, he learned to talk so he can impress a girl and do things for yourself. If you want to learn right. English, learn English for yourself. That's if you want right. to learn something, do it for uh, someone else. For any, yeah, for anybody else. You do it for yeah, yourself. Do it for yourself. But, Jill, do you have a fun non-Pokemon related fact to share with us today? I, I do. Uh, before I, I do share that, I would like to share that uh, my children have uh, many, many Pokemon cards. Boxes and boxes of them, in fact. And so I kept saying... Yes, <laughs> wrong. And my son corrected me over and over again. So, you know, it's a, a fascinating, the Pokemon world. Yeah. And we have lots of books that you can check out at the library. There's manga, there's graphic yeah. novels, picture books. There's books about the game. There's books about the trading cards. The po Pokedex? Yep. Also. Where you can learn oh. about all of the Pokemon and what they evolve into and what their powers are, what type... If you had to pick, would you be like a grass Pokemon, a water Pokemon, a fire Pokemon? There are other ones that I don't remember. I like Scratch Cat. I don't know what that <laughs> is really cat. about. Meowth, but that's I, I pick that. Mouth. <laughs> you know, I read that uh, Mouth doesn't have a lot of power. So, oh. I mean, he's wah, just cute. He's cute. I think he's like comedic relief. Okay. But it For seems sure. like. For sure. Um, definitely like a Squirtle. Like I like Squirtle. I don't know. What's about him? Yeah, yeah, he's cute. They're mostly cute. There one, I think there was a debate if Squirtle was part squirrel, like because he's he's a water Pokemon, so like turtle, he has like a shell. But they're wondering if like it's also part also squirrel. squirrel there too. Could be interesting. I don't know, but lay the fact right, non Pokemon fact on us. This is indeed a non Pokemon fact today, but it is back to our Nat Geo books, which I do love. 
This one is a weird but true ocean, 300 fantastic facts. Uh-huh. Love a good pun. The deep blue sea. Yay, oceans. And I- this was a, a new book in August, and you can check it out at your local library. Find it on kdl.org. the weird but true things, because they are always weird. But true. But true. And again, great pictures. So this fact is an ocean fact. Manta rays regularly visit coral reefs so that fish will nibble parasites off their skin. Manta rays are so smart. Here's their picture. Ugh. There's that manta ray getting It's like the parasites. teacher in Finding Nemo. It is. It is. with his class yeah. of fish. Yeah. What the, is that, a symbiotic relationship or something? That's a, yeah, that a is good what it is. Yeah, relationship. They, they're both benefiting because yeah. the Fish are getting food, and the manta rays get rid of the parasites. So it's really quite cute, too. It is cute. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's answer another question. This question here is from the Miss Jackie from our Cascade Branch, and I see here her age is listed as infinite. Yes. And exactly. Miss Jackie is a very dear friend of mine, and uh, shout out to her for asking us some great questions. Fantastic questions. So here's this. First question. This is Miss Jackie calling, and I have a question for your podcast, which is, once upon a time when I was out west, someone told me there was a wicked parasite in the water by the maroon bells. Do these fancy filtering water bottles filter out something like that? Thanks. Bye. Okay, so I had the honor of answering this question, and someday I need Miss Jackie to tell me all about her adventures that she said she went on. Um, But yes, to get to the short of it, filtering water bottles can get out some pretty nasty things out of the water. Um, But let's go into like a little more depth here. So there's lots of harmful parasites um, that someone who is out camping may come in contact with um, if they're wanting to drink the str- water from the streams or the lake. I think there's some kind, sometimes this idea that drinking that water is like clean and and good, but you have to also think that these waterways are watering holes for wildlife as well. Yes. So things including rodents will drink out of these watering. Um, streams and, and lakes and whatnot. And they carry parasites like Giardia, which is an intestinal parasite that leaves you um, dehydrated. It gives you diarrhea. It's just a horrible one. For the most part, you can survive it. It's not a hard one to survive. Just the most important thing is then getting proper water to, right. to hydrate yourself. Um, and so there's all sorts of diseases, infectious diseases that you could get from these waterways that would just ruin your, your day, your week, your month. Or even um, your year. <laughs> so to, to be sure, filter all of your water. In the U.S. and Canada, a water filter will generally protect you against the two big, biggest concerns, which are Giardia and, let's see if I can pronounce this right, Cryptospiridium. We call, they call them cryptos, which is fortunate for me. That's a lot easier to say. So significantly, significantly filters will generally, for the U.S. and Canada, protect you from those two things. But if you're looking for a little bit more protection, it's best to purify your water. So generally, if you're going to an underdeveloped country, it'll be important to purify your water. And there is differences between 
water well, filters. How do, you, how do you purify your water? Well, we will we will get, get into get that. To that. Great. Yeah. There's difference between water filters and water purifiers. The most important distant difference is the size and microorganisms um, okay. that each combat. So water filters work by physically straining out these um, cryptos and giardia and right. bacteria. Uh, whereas water purifiers also combat viruses. So these are too tiny to be effective um, in the water filters. Water filters will not filter this out. So again, if you're traveling to like a less developed area of the world, uh, you'll you'll want to purify your so water. So my Brita pitcher is... Uh, don't pack it. Don't pack it. Not going to nah, do anything for you. Not going to do anything for me. That's right. But if we're talking about filters... it's too big to pack. It is. I mean... And if you could get a water c- bottle, but I like the pitcher one. Oh, okay. I mean, you could pack it, but it, it's not a really good use of space. Yeah, that's for know. sure. Um, if we're talking about filters, though, um, in order to filter out the GRD and the crypto... Uh, that cause these gastrointestinal illnesses. Um, I mean, you got all the big words. I got all the big words. I'm struggling with them. You're looking for some specific things. So you'll want to make sure that the pore size of the filter is one micron or less because this will remove things that are slightly over that, and that is what these cryptos and giardia are. Mm -hmm. Also, there's a couple other things you'll want to look for on the the label, and I'm going to include these things in our show notes. because there's a lot of wild words and acronyms on here. Um, so you'll be able to see see them if I don't make any sense during this part. So one of the things you'll want to look for is reverse osmosis, either with or without NSF 53 and NS58 labeling. Okay. Absolute pore size of one micron or smaller, again, with or without that NSF 53 or 58 label- labeling. Tested and certified um, NSF, ANSI standards, but there's two of these. So one is tested and certified for cyst removal, and one is tested and certified for cyst reduction. So you want to make sure that the bottle or the purifier, the filter that you're getting has like this stuff on it if you're wanting to protect yourself against these harmful illnesses. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do they make water bottles that have these sophisticated fil- air Water so they do. I don't have any of um, them listed. Um, they are a bit pricier, but then there's also like you can get like the life straw. So you can use any water bottle and then use that in order to filter out oh, okay. um, these these illnesses. So that's handy to know if you're ever hiking or that's right about that. Yes, yeah, so you definitely don't want to get dehydrated or have diarrhea while you're hiking. So. Uh, no, that's no. that would be it's no good. Really bad. All right. Jill, have you read anything? Well, you, Jill, you talked about something that you have read, and you told us you would tell us about it later. So later I'm ready. Now. I am ready to hear about this book that, did it make you cry? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Yes, Jill yes, cries yes. a lot at books. I, I do, and uh, I actually started a list of books I've cried at just for Courtney's sake. Yes, uh, it's on her Goodreads. Did, did I cry? Yes. Yes. I feel like, Jill, we should change the rankings. So you know on like Goodreads, there's like five-star rankings. Yours should be tiers. Oh, so yeah. five tiers is like yeah. the saddest book you've ever read. Okay. One tier is like maybe you chuckled during it and Just you a like laugh cried. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, this one's maybe in the middle of this. I okay. would say so it's like three it's, and a half tiers. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, three tiers, maybe two and a half. Two, two and a half, half okay. tiers. Yeah, yeah. So this book is about. Uh, well, it's called In Your Shoes by Donna Gephardt, and it is about two different. Um, uh, young people. So we have Miles. He has a lot of anxieties. 
He loves bowling. He's trying to bowl that perfect game. Mm-hmm. Um, his family owns a bowling alley. So that's, that's a really, in- it is fun. It's a really interesting part of the plot, like being at the bowling alley and his relationship with his parents and his grandpa who run the bowling alley. Um, this book also deals with grief. I just want to tell you that off the, off the bat because, um, because it was sad. Like the whole tone of the book was sad. It was very hopeful. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. There were parts that I, I laughed out loud at, but just um, processing loss in our life, which we all have, mm-hmm. um, that, that was sad. Um, so the other character is Amy, and she's new in this town, and she had to move there because um, before the book started, this is not in the book, but before the book started, her mother died. Mm-hmm. And so she and her dad moved to this new town with, to be with her uncle. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she's processing living in a new town and making right. new friends. Lots and of changes for her. Yeah, yeah yep. that's hard. Yep, and and her uncle uh, runs a, a funeral home. So she lives there, so that's oh, a so really interesting. So more grief. Right, right. But that part is really interesting, too, because, you know, it's a good thing to talk about and to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And she just watches how her uncle so kindly interacts with people who are dealing with loss, mm-hmm. and she comes to terms with how important his job is. Yeah, for so, sure. That's really that's really cool. But uh, so they meet in just the weirdest way um, and become friends. And I'm not going to tell you how they meet because it's very exciting and it's early on in the book. But I'm still not going to spoil it because I think it's really funny and you'll like it. And then they also meet this. I will tell you because I don't think it's a spoiler and I think you two will really enjoy it. But they meet the librarian whose name is Mr. Schumacher. Named oh, after yes. Uh, um, we met him, a real life person who is an amazing librarian and loves books and reading and getting books into mm-hmm. kids' hands. Well, this author made him her star librarian, and he's Aww. so kind and wonderful. And as he is, oh, and his favorite. Lovely. When we, we uh, met him, he came to one of our um, professional development days, mm-hmm. um, and his thing was always, "Your heart needs this book." Yes. And the book that I got from him was uh, Louisiana's Way Home. Oh. Is that what that's what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that book, your heart needs that book. Yes. It's so like Louisiana is just like this like a character that you just want to hug and like take mm-hmm. home and take care of her because she's just had such a hard and a strange life, but filled with love and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was really fun to read him as this, you know, character. Who, mm-hmm. It just felt like him. It felt like the real him that we were able to meet. And it just reminded me, too, that um, the library is supposed to be a safe place. Yes, You know, so when you're sure. starting middle school, you're starting high school, and you don't know what to do, um, Amy started going to the library at lunchtime mm-hmm. and made friends there and felt safe there. And um, I just loved that part of it, too. But also mm-hmm. just the weird things that happened in this book were like, what? going on here and so that was really fun and I highly recommend it I did finish it and yes I did cry and I think I (laughs) cried more than once but that's okay that's okay so let's answer the last question yeah it sounds good I'm ready I'm ready for this question Grant age six from Walker asks how strong is a lion's bite all right well this is a fascinating question Grant and I'm going to tell you a little bit about lions first is that okay Emily I would love to hear about lions okay So lions usually live in groups of 15 or more lions, and they're called prides. So like dogs live in packs. Um, Cats are clouders. 
Crows are murder. That's my favorite. I think that I but I think a pride is probably my second favorite. That's pretty good. Um and the lady lions, the lionesses, um, they're the ones that do the hunting. And because of the size and strength and the, you know, hunting skills, lions are considered one of the big cats. They're up there with tigers, cheetahs, leopards, jaguars, and cougars. Those are all part of the big cat family. And not an official name for them, like a scientific name, but that's what we call them mm-hmm. um, as a colloquial name. Um, almost all of the wild lions live in Africa, um, just below the Sahara Desert. But there's one smaller population that exists around the Gur Forest National Park in western India. Um, but I think most of us think of, you know, the Sahara Desert. We think of Lion King, which takes place um, in a fictional Sahara Desert, I think. Um, the male lions will grow in long manes as they get older um, as a way to, you know, impress the ladies. Show off a little bit. You know, and they can get up to 16 centimeters long and are a sign of dominance. And as they get older, the darker their manes are. I don't know if that's why Scar's mane is like black. Oh. And Fossa's is dark. Because he's technically, he t- he's the younger brother, actually. I can't remember. I don't know. All I know is he scared <laughs> me when I was a child. Um, they're highly adaptable. They can live in very dry areas. Um, and they can, they get most of their water from their prey, from the animals that they kill. And they even can drink it from plants, too. Um, and what happens is even though the lionesses, um, the lioness is the one that does the hunting. Usually they hunt in groups as well. The male actually gets to eat first. So the male eats, then the females eat, and then the babies eat. The cubs eat. Um, and they actually do most of their hunting at night um, and during storms. So in storms, the wind and just the general noise of storms, like, hides their sound. So then the prey can't see them and they can't hear them. And then it's very smart. Yeah. They're very smart. Um, they're also the only cat species where the individuals roar together. Um, so we think about dogs roaring, like, howling, like wolves howl together. Um, my dog howls with the ambulance. So if, like, an ambulance is going down, um, she, like, does this owling. Like, she's singing along. It's the cutest thing, and I've yet to, like, get it on film because she's always out in the yard, and I'm in the house, and I suddenly hear her, like, howling at it. And by the time I get down, you know, outside, she's done. And I'm like, darn. Okay, enough about lions and some facts about them, but let's talk about the strength of their bite. Now, Grant, you may think that the lion, because they're typically known as the king of the jungle, cue the lion king soundtrack um they may have the strongest bite in the world but that's actually incorrect um one statistic i was able to find says that a lion has a bite force of about 650 psi or pound force per square inch so definitely enough to, to do some damage oh yeah i mean it's sure. definitely not gonna be like your kitten biting you know, like jill's cat zelda biting me um and on a few lists I found listing the strongest bite forces, um, lions were ranked 10th or not even on the list. So, Emily, what do you oh. think are some of the top animals with the most bite force? Um, or Jill. You have yeah, a- Jill, what do you think? Emily stumped. I stumped, stumped me. The librarian stumped the That's librarian. Right. Anyways, Jill, what do you think? Alligators? Oh, yeah, that's so, a good one. Um, Emily, do you have another guess? I don't. Don't look at my notes. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think other things that bite hard. I, I imagine it's something that I wouldn't think of. I will tell you that Sharks? one of the animals, yes, and the other Burgles? animal 
No. Oh. Turtles were not on there. Not for sure. Um, the other animals, one that we talked about in a previous pod, you mentioned them. Um, they're very big. So not axolotls. <laughs> no, not axolotls. <laughs> they're not very big. I don't remember what I want. Okay, hip- Moose? Hippopotamus. Oh, hippopotamus, of course. Hippopotamuses have very strong bites. I believe um, that. So don't go body surfing with them. Um, but <laughs> crocodiles, alligators, sharks, and hippopotamuses, or hippopotami, um, have the strongest. They tend to dominate these lists. Um, and now that may make you think that those animals are responsible for, like, the most human deaths because their bite force is so strong. Um and some of those do cause more deaths than lions. Lions cause, um, I think it was about 100, an average of 100 deaths per year. Um, but there is one creature that causes the most deaths, human deaths per year. Do you have any Hippos. idea? No. It's not a creature I talked about. Oh. It's like, darn Yeah, it. I was going to, yes. yeah, okay. Yeah, it yeah, is the mosquito. So um, mosquitoes can carry deadly diseases such as West Nile virus, malaria, and Zika. And if not treated, they can be very deadly. Um, but um, hippos cause around an average of 500 human deaths per year. Um, but this, And crocodiles kill double that. They're wow. at an average of 1,000 deaths per year. Um, but mosquitoes kill an average of, and I don't have it written down. I want to say it was like 100,000. Or no, it was more than that. It was pretty high. I don't have it written down right here. Um, but other species high on that list, um, not because of their bite, but because of the diseases they carry, can be deadly for humans as well. So things like tapeworms and mm. just like things that can cause diseases. But another species that was high on that list because of their bite is snakes. So snakes kill an average of 50,000 humans per year because of their venomous bites and if they aren't taken care of or treated um, you can die so I think that my fear of snakes is completely justified and those who are afraid of sharks who only kill an average of 10 people per year y'all should really reevaluate your fears and just maybe stay out of the ocean I'm just kidding your fears are all valid Um, but snakes statistically Kill more people. Also yeah. hippopotamuses. Yeah, I knew that they killed a lot, but I didn't. They're I didn't mean. Think about they're, it yeah. The hungry, hungry hippos game, like you they're been using cute, little people. But I mean, yeah. they're they're hangry. They are some. And hangry I think for animals. the most part, sharks don't want to eat us. We look no, like seals sometimes, yeah. or they're like, I'm gonna check out what this thing is and take a little nibble. Yeah, yeah. Then, sharks. It's definitely they don't want to eat humans. Um, yeah, the not movie Jaws is not right. based in fact. Do lions want to eat humans? Um, you know, I'm not sure. I've, I've probably not because we don't tend to have a lot of like meat on us for the most part. Like, there's not a lot to eat on a human. So I think it's more you're invading their space and it's more of a territorial thing and they bite you. And because their bite is so strong, and if you're where a lion is, odds are good you're very far from help. Um, you're in the desert and help is very far away. Have you ever seen that uh, display at the John Ball Zoo by the lions hmm. where you can test the strength of your whole body weight against a lion's No, boss? that sounds fantastic. It's very though. fun. You can just it's... put your whole body weight down on it and you cannot pull that amount that you said that a lion's oh, yeah, jaw is. Yeah, 650 PSI. You can't do that. Yeah, you? I know. There's no way. It's exciting. 
yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of pressure. Um, but yeah, so those are the questions. Emily, what was the, what was your favorite thing that you learned today? Um, well, I think I'm going to have to look more into Pokemon. I feel like uh, I need yeah. to get a Pokedex and kind of like figure you all that start, out. We can start Pokemon going again. Yes. Yeah. Cause I, get even, us out of the house. Yeah. Yeah, around. absolutely. Um, even in that, I didn't like, you know, I was like, oh, here's a cute one. And I didn't really yeah. think much about it. So yes, for sure. I definitely will say when I play Pokemon go, um, it, it depends if it's a Pokemon I haven't ever seen before, which since I haven't played in like two years, there are a lot of Pokemon out now that I didn't see before. I didn't know about, but then, yeah, if it's one I already have, if it's not a cute one, I'm not going to catch it. Uh, priorities. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the one that looks like a rat, like a purple rat. I don't want to catch that. I think I had rats growing up. I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, rat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was, uh, what did you learn today? What was your most? Um, I think the thing thing about going, uh, the water. So about the water filters and how you need a purifier if you're going to a place that has like high um, waterborne pathogens and things like that. Jill, what did you learn today that was most fascinating? Uh, You know, I did not know that lions lived anywhere besides Africa. And so Uh, the fact that there's lions in India, that was very interesting to me. And there are also lions in zoos, but yeah, in the wild. Yes. Of course. In the wild, yeah, they're just oh. mainly in Africa. Well, we learned a whole lot today. I know, once again, I feel much more informed by yeah. the end of this podcast. I absolutely love it. Um, as always, you can visit kdl.org forward slash stump for more information and to submit your own question um, for us to answer. See if you can stump us. Try your best. Try your best, Yeah. You can also email us at stumpthelibrarian at kdl.org. And please tune in next time to hear more of your questions answered. We'd also like to thank J.D. Dolinsky for our intro music, the KDL Amy Van Andel Library for letting us uh, use their podcast room, and the KDL Marketing Department. I would like to say that you can also reserve the podcast room at Ada. If you go to kdl.org and you go to the Ada branch page, you could record the podcast room and record your very own podcast so thanks for listening to our pod of course you can listen to episodes that you may have missed um, but we'll be back with another episode soon bye bye